This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're taking on a really important topic, and we are doing it with someone I am super excited to introduce to the show. Emily Johnson is a burnout recovery and burnout prevention coach. She's a person who's had a distinguished career as a corporate high achiever who saw firsthand just how real burnout is. Emily helps women around the world heal from burnout, and as a result, thrive in every aspect of their lives. Now, I know this is a really important topic. In 2021, our show's most downloaded episode was one focused on burnout. And since then, the challenge has only gotten more real and more widespread. In that period of time, I've become a fan of Emily and her work. And you're going to see really, really quickly that Emily has a perspective that will help you build an environment as a leader where you can help detect and avoid much of the impact that comes with burnout. This is a conversation I've been looking to have with Emily for several months now, and as we gear up for a challenging year next year, this conversation today, right now with Emily, it's going to give every single leader fortunate enough to be introduced to her some important tools to help you lead your teams the very best way you can. I am pumped to have Emily join me in a conversation that I'm looking forward to. Emily, welcome to our show, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Rob, for having me. I'm really excited to dive in. Well, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I think this is a really important one. Burnout is something that faces, I think, probably everyone. But in the world of sales, uh, the stuff that comes with it, I, I, there's nuances here that you're really uniquely prepared to talk about. So I'm, I'm just really grateful. It's going to be fun. Why don't we start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners? You got about close to 50,000 people that are excited to, to get introduced to you here. Tell us about your firm and what you do for those, those customers you work with. 
Absolutely. I love the intro, by the way. Thank you so much. That was amazing. I own my own business aligned with Emily J where I support high achievers, people pleasers and perfectionists to heal and prevent burnout. Because as women, we are trained to suppress our emotions. We are not, we're supposed to sit there and be ladylike. We're supposed to not make a scene. We're supposed to you know, kind of nod our head and look pretty. And that's kind of, you know, what I experienced when I was working in the corporate industry as well. Like I didn't have a big voice and that was what was contributing to my burnout personally. But now it is my mission after leaving corporate to support women who were in my shoes and to show them that you can heal from burnout. And what it really is, is building that awareness of, you know, how you're living your day-to-day, what internal thoughts you're having every single day. I mean, there's so many pieces of the burnout puzzle that you can heal. And so my mission is to be supporting women through that healing journey. What a great mission. I mean, what's really interesting that will make this different than anybody I've ever talked to about burnout before is lots of people talk about detecting it. Lots of people talk about like, what do you do when you see it? But what I love is like in your introduction right now, you've on multiple occasions, you said this recovery from it, that you can help people come back. And I'm going to guess you maybe even come back stronger is what I'm excited to talk to you about. So thank you. I'm really interested though, as a corporate high achiever yourself, who like, I love how you introduced people pleasers. I wrote down my first thing is people pleasers and perfectionists. I, I relate to that. I think, I think there's a lot of people who relate to that quest for perfection instead of progress screws up a lot of things for a lot of people. What was it that led you to focusing your work on burnout, particularly in high achievers? I'm interested to hear your story. Yeah. So my journey started when I, so I got my first corporate job. I worked I worked in this industry that was very demanding. I worked in the alcohol industry in um, one of the world's largest alcohol suppliers. So I was doing marketing and sales. I was out in the field. I was also working with, um, you know, club managers, bar owners, restaurant owners, things like that. And I was out in the field and the nature of the job was very demanding in that I would have to be kind of on all the time. Like there was no boundaries with with my personal life and my work, my career. There was a lot of blurred lines. Like I would be working events late at night. Um, You know, like you had to show face a lot in that industry to, if you wanted to be successful and if you wanted to drive the business forward, you had to show a lot of face. You had to do a lot of people pleasing. You had to kind of neglect your own boundaries in a lot of ways. And Obviously, with that nightlife industry uh, comes a lot of unhealthy habits. Like you're drinking a lot. You're having drinks to close deals, essentially. Like you have to be the cool party girl to run to run the business and to to drive the business forward. To show up to events, do a tequila shot on a Tuesday at two p.m. after you close the deal. I mean, that was like my day to day. And while it was fun in my early 20s, and it was a great job, I had a lux, it was very luxurious. I had a corporate credit card, they paid for all my Ubers, like it was one of the, you know, it was one of the biggest alcohol suppliers in the world. So obviously, I was very set up. So there, there was a lot of comfort in that, like I was very taken care of, obviously, a lot of perks that like shiny object perks, right? Like that made me feel like, 
this is amazing and like would kind of mask the actual truth that was no boundaries you are you're getting the life sucked out of you on a regular basis because you have to show up in a way every single day that isn't aligned with who you are and I know that a lot of people who work in the tech industry, for example, or in the sales industry, for example, they also feel those pressures to show up, to schmooze, to people please, to nod their head, look pretty, you know, obey the rules. And after a few years, I was like, I thought to myself and I started to kind of come to and realize this is not my passion. I have no interest in sitting on a bar stool, closing deals in my mid thirties. I'm I, I didn't look up to my, my managers. I think that was a really mm. important piece mm. for me to realize I didn't look up to my managers. I didn't agree with the lifestyles they were living. And that was a huge piece for me. If this is not the path for me, this is not my career. So with that, I completely, you know, I was burnt out and I knew what something had to change. So with that, I was like, okay, well, I could go into the tech industry or because I was living in San Francisco at the time. And, you know, it's a huge industry there. And I was like, well, I could experiment with that and, you know, pivot, but that also didn't feel aligned to me. And so I actually pivoted to the health and wellness industry, went back to school to get my holistic nutritionist degree. And that's when I started an entrepreneurial journey, which led me to burn out for the second time, because I am that high achiever. I am that people pleaser. I put so much pressure on myself to build a business with pretty, you know, this is my first entrepreneurial experience. I've never done this before. And you don't go to nutrition school. They don't teach you how to build a business, how to market yourself, et cetera. So with all of that in that transition of being a corporate leader to going to being a student full-time, that whole experience and that whole adjustment burnt me out. (laughs) So you can see that there was a pattern for me, burnt out in corporate. And then even when I was working for my own self, I burnt myself out again. So with all of that, I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of work. You know, I hired a therapist. I invested in programs and coaches. I knew that my mental health needed to be number one if I wanted to move forward and run a successful business and of course be fulfilled and be happy and live my most optimal life. And with that, I transitioned to burnout coaching for women because I have been in their shoes. What a story. Wow. I, uh, we could just talk about the catalyst to your burnout. If all we did was talk about that, we could have an amazing conversation because I think that there, you identified a couple of patterns already that, that led to that. I, I can't wait. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about now that you help uh, people, women in particular, all around the world overcome this burnout. Right now, 2022, we're getting ready for 2023. As we record this right now, we're in November. Um, it'll, it'll go live uh, as we're in the holiday season, I'm sure. And there'll be a lot of people thinking towards next year, setting goals and all kinds of things for themselves, right? How real and how prevalent is burnout right now? Oh, it is so prevalent, especially, I mean, it was before COVID. Let's go. I love your, like, I love your energy. Let's go. But that like, so we were, I mean, our society first and foremost, we are North America, right? Like we are conditioned to work to live, right? Instead of no, no, live to work versus work to live. Meaning work kind of revolves around everything. Like our that's how we work more than we do anything else more than we sleep or eat or anything like 
or if you're working a traditional nine to five job, right? So our society is very conditioned to be in that more of a masculine energy, meaning go, 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 hustle, work hard, play hard, do what you need to do, you know, step on people. Like that's kind of what we're conditioned to be as a society. And so even before COVID, we were suffering from burnout as a collective, but even post COVID, it's even more prevalent because we're adjusting to this new working from home normal. Like, are you closing your laptop at 6 p.m. when you should be, or are you working till 9 p.m. because you're really fired up and you have that high achiever energy where you get this little buzz from doing more and proving yourself and getting that outsourced validation from your managers or your boss, right? So burnout is so prevalent. In fact, 20 to 30% of teachers and university professionals suffer from burnout. And in the medical... Mm-hmm. And in the medical industry, uh, 52% up to is what the percentages of medical professionals being burnt out. So it is very prevalent and we're not really talking about it. We're not talking about it as much as we should be. So it's really good that we're sharing all of this today. I appreciate you sharing those stats. I would imagine that in sales, it's probably somewhere between what you see in teachers and medical, probably in there somewhere like in between those, or would you think it would skew one direction or the other? To be honest, I would say it would be higher. I would say it would be probably 50 to 60%. I'm glad that you said that because I was going to say that, but I'm not the expert and you are, so. Oh, well, with sales, you have that pressure of getting quota. You have that pressure of your your colleagues are competing. Like who's going to make quota this month? If you don't make quota, your life literally, your paycheck depends on that, right? Your, Your quality of life. If you're not making your quota, you're not getting your commission checks. That's stressful. And money is security. So if we're stressing about finances, it's just, it's a mess. It's really difficult to work through those financial stressors. So I want to, I want to, now that we kind of see how real and how prevalent it is, and and if you think it's as high as what it would be as reported in medical and maybe higher, let's say it's that 50 or higher, one out of every two members of a sales team might be dealing with this at some level for a sales leader. That's, I want to give them like a, I want them to be thinking about their team. You have a team of eight people or 10 people, at least half are dealing with this at some level and maybe more probably. Is that a fair way of laying the land to start? Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Okay. So then what I really would love, Emily, as someone who deals this with, a, with this every day, and I can't wait to get into, because I think there's been some conditioning, like you said, that, you know, hey, toughen up, you know, suck it up, you know, work hard, deal with stuff. What's your definition of burnout? Like, I would love like an Emily definition. This is what burnout is, because I want to make sure that all of these leaders get a sense from you on what it is we're really talking about here. Yeah, I think it's really important to identify what burnout is. Um, For me, and from my own experiences, plus my own research and education on this topic, burnout is when you're chronically stressed for an extended period of time which can lead to physical and mental exhaustion. It can lead to resentment and detachment. Wow. You might, yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. You might also feel lack of accomplishment. Like you've gotten to a point in your journey where you're feeling like there's no hope. There's nothing you can do can make you better. You're kind of feeling just like hopeless, right? And so yeah, that is burnout. I mean, there's so many more things I can say on that, but Basically, it's when you're chronically stressed for a long period of time 
and you keep pushing through and you keep pushing through, you know, you're stressed, but you're neglecting your health and you're not doing what you need to do to get yourself back to baseline. I'm sorry that I'm slow. I'm I'm like, I'm burned up over a page of notes already. This is super interesting to me. I like the word chronically. Um, It's not just, I'm feeling stressed. I'm chronically stressed. And um, it it reminds me of, again, between you and me, anybody that's watching our video on, on sales leadership United, they'll see I'm the senior citizen in our relationship of you and me. Um, There's an old movie that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't. Um, It has Tom Cruise in it. Uh, A few good men. I don't know if you've seen that. There's yeah, I didn't think so. It's old. Like, like it's old in the courtroom. uh, Demi Moore says we object your honor. And they say overruled. She was like, but we strenuously object. And she gets mocked for it. I object. Oh, overruled. I strenuously. There's a difference being stressed and chronically stressed. Right. I mean, can we peel back what chronically stressed means? Because I don't, I think that's a big term and I don't think it's a nuance. I want to make sure our leaders think about what that means for a minute. Yeah, great question. So when you're stressed, like, so we all are experiencing stress of some level on a day-to-day basis, right? Stress might be sitting in traffic, I'm going to be late for work, like that's short-term stress. Chronic stress is when you're dealing with something over and over and over again, and your body actually gets, not gets used to in a healthy way, but your body gets accustomed to feeling that in this heightened state. So when you're chronically stressed, your body is pumping out more and more stress hormones, and this might be your normal. So if you have a stressful sales job and you show up to work every day, your heart starts racing as soon as you clock in or whatever, that is a sign that you're chronically stressed and you need to take a step back. Like if you're logging in, checking your emails and you can tell like you're feeling heightened and you're feeling like your palms are sweaty. You're like, Oh God, I don't want to check my email this morning. Like that's a sign. That's a really important symptom and sign that your body is communicating with you. Right. So it's not sustainable when you are chronically stressed. That's not a good way to live. Like in chronic stress can lead to terrible things, chronic disease, cancer in some situations. I mean, stress is deathly it's absolutely deathly it's it's a huge cause for high blood pressure and um heart disease like all of these really important things that we need to be mindful of right like so if you're experiencing chronic stress this is your sign to do something about it well my next thing i was going to ask you is what are the long-term repercussions and you've already gone there so i don't need to (laughs) like those are some serious long-term repercussions that are way more serious than we didn't hit goal right? Um, I'm thinking about one of the leaders that I work with that's in the tech industry right now. I coach coaches and a high percentage of this team is not hitting goal this year. There's been all kinds of pressure on hit goal, hit goal, hit goal, and maybe the lowest percentage in a long time, because I think the goal was too high was the real reason. And when the leader talks to me about it, he's like visibly like drained and he's telling me his team's having the same thing and man i i I was like we got to figure out how to give them something that's like a boost right now you know what i'm saying and and so that that might be that might be where we go let's talk about you've given us a good definition you've given us some good repercussions let's go to sales You, you work with a lot of people that are in that marketing and sales world uh you've been in that world we got a whole bunch of leaders we got really great leaders 
brand new leaders, experienced leaders, people in tech and finance and manufacturing and all these different industries, what should they be watching for? Like, so they are custodians for a minute for some of the careers of the people that they lead. I should, that's probably not fair. Everybody's a custodian of their own career, but they are influencers in people's careers. Okay. That's a better word. You're talking to a bunch of them. What should they be thinking about right now in this world of burnout as they lead teams that, listen, we sign up for more. We, we can't pretend that more doesn't matter in sales. You got to grow. So how mm-hmm. do we balance that? What should you be thinking about? I think as a leader, it's really important to be mindful of your dialogue with your team. Are you the person who's positively reinforcing or hmm. negative reinforcing? When you put high pressure and high expectation and it doesn't go as planned and you combat with a negative like negative feedback that's just going to put worse that's just going to make your team feel worse and feel undervalued so I think as a leader it's important to just be mindful of how you're speaking to your team I think that's really important also encouraging rest encouraging self-care, encouraging, encourage your team to set boundaries and to take care of themselves. Because when we show up for ourselves, when we put our health first, our mental health, our physical health, when we put that first, we can show up to work at a much higher capacity versus when we're neglecting our health or versus when we're being kind of like kicked, kicked down when we're already down. Right. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I'm glad you're bringing it up because I've got to think of the right way I say this. I'm thinking of one of my coaches. I have a few coaches that I hire that work with me. And one of them, his go-to is always, if your physical condition is not good, then your performance is impossible to have it be good sustainably. And so I think people give lip service to self-care, Emily. But what I want, I, I put that in, I circled it as soon as you said it. Like that should be part of our coaching. Maybe, maybe we should be talking about what are you doing to take care of you? Like it's okay to have work time, do some stuff for you. Like, I don't know, like go for a walk or, or disconnect, like maybe read something or, or self-improvement should be able to be okay to be done on company time. You're not in your head. So talk to me a little bit about like how you've seen leaders help people with their self-care. Self-care is my favorite topic, so I'm so glad you brought this up. Self-care, and I think I think self-care has a bad rep because people think self-care is buying yourself a Louis Vuitton bag, and that's not, or like having, having a bubble bath or treating yourself to a nice dinner. Like, those are all beautiful self-care things. Yes, absolutely, but when I, when I say self-care, I mean taking care of your nervous system and also bringing elevated emotions into your life because having, and so what I mean by elevated emotions is gratitude, love, joy, fulfillment. These are all really important emotions to feel. And that's a form of self-care is taking care of your nervous system, taking care of your mental health. That to me is self-care. And that is when you see the best results is when you tell your client or your, your team, whoever to focus on their, their, their stress response. That's what it is. That's what burnout is, is when your stress response is shot and you're living in this heightened state and you are neglecting the signs that your body is telling you 
And so that's what I mean by self-care, by prioritizing your mental health. And you can do that by tiny moments of stillness throughout your day. You, you don't need to do these like hour long meditations. You can just simply, this is the most simple way to show yourself self-care is waking up in the morning and avoiding a screen right when you wake up. Do not open your computer. Do not check your emails. Don't open your phone text messages. Avoid a screen at all costs right when you wake up because that is your opportunity to give yourself some grace and some space to wake up and check in with yourself. How am I doing today? Before you open your laptop and feel reactive towards all of the messages and emails you're getting from your, your clients or your boss or your colleagues, whatever. So that is the simplest form of self-care is just by giving yourself space, giving yourself time and being mindful of, of how you are spending your time. I like this. I, the image that I have is a, like literally it's pressing pause on a remote is what I'm, is what I'm thinking is I'm, I'm pressing pause. Um, I wrote down a statement that you said that I want to spend some some time on and I'm really glad you said it because I love it you said tiny moments of stillness I love it that's like an Emerson something you know tiny moments of stillness made me pause for a second that as a sales leader we're so focused on hitting quotas and we're so focused on activities I've been saying for a long time and a lot of people have almost to the point where it's now a buzzword, which means it doesn't mean anything. You got to focus on the whole person and not the sales, just the salesperson. But this concept of tiny moments of stillness, when you're in this environment of stuff coming at you, like you're Neo in the matrix, right? Mm -hmm. How can a leader help create tiny moments of stillness? That is such a great question. So a leader can promote tiny moments of stillness with their team by forcing them to schedule in moments of stillness in their calendar. And it can be five minutes. It doesn't need to be, like I said, this, like these hour long moments, it can be as simple as a 15 minute breathing or 15 second, 15 second breathing exercise, making those mandatory throughout their day. So you can put those in their calendar as a mandatory, take these 15 seconds and I'll actually give you the breathing exercise on this podcast. So you can pause and do it right now. But this is a really amazing way to lower your stress response, lower your nervous system and get back to baseline and feel Zen and just more grounded. What you can do is breathe in for five seconds, pause for five seconds, exhale for 10 seconds. The longer you exhale, the better you want your belly to contract. And that's be really powerful for your nervous system. So little practices like that, like scheduling them in your calendar throughout the day, you know, even bringing I'm in some my breathing like, right now, as you say that I'm, breathing, I'm like, <laughs> sorry, it's a, breath is the easiest. It's such a simple hack that we forget, like how simple it can be to get back to baseline, regulate our nervous system in a mindful way. So as a leader, you can promote these simple little hacks. You can bring someone in like me or another coach to come in and have these conversations with the team. Start building that awareness of how you're feeling. How are you doing? Like checking in with yourself mentally. Um, so those are just some tips as a leader. And also maybe doing your own research too, as a leader of how to regulate your nervous system in stressful environments. 
making it mandatory to take breaks throughout the day, go for a walk outside. Like maybe you do a challenge, take a photo of yourself on a walk. The winner gets, if you do it five days in a row, you get, I don't know, a lunch, something like that. Just making it fun. I love that. Accessible. Send out a Slack to everyone. Say, stop what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Do whatever, create a tiny moment of stillness. And I, I like it. Like, I-, I love the simplicity of it. Like, let's quiet things just a minute. Like, I have a really busy mind and I try to start my day by with a routine that I have where I try to get the garbage from yesterday to be left yesterday and not start with me today. It's hard because I have a really... My, I have a noisy mind, Emily. And so like, I feel like you're helping me forget about the other 50,000. Love y'all, but this is Rob being selfish now. Okay. And um, like, this is, this is, I think a big deal because we have so much pressure that there's sometimes I know I have felt like I'm being lazy. Like I'm looking at my desk right now. I've got like five books that I'm trying to read all at the same time. And I just like, when am I going to have time to get them all done? Well, that is one of two options. I either stay later or I come earlier, but how do you create these tiny moments of stillness? I I really like this because it's the kind of thing that leaders can be pretty influential in. Like, let's talk about like, is this the kind of thing that you should ask them to show me your calendar in a one-on-one? Where are you putting your self-care time in today? Like every day, let's have a color code. I don't care what color is. What's your favorite color? Make that the color for self-care, like maybe in the morning and in the afternoon, two 15 minutes or two 30 minutes or whatever you need. Leaders should be looking for that. Is that one of the things you should be looking for if they're prioritizing self-care? Absolutely. And, and encouraging it. A lot of people, like this is kind of new in the sales world to prioritize your mental health. Like, I love that you're breaking the stigma and it's amazing. We need more people like you, but yes. So not everyone is thinking I need to create some moments of stillness. So it's important for the leader to encourage it and to bring it up and to facilitate a conversation around it so that the the team feels comfortable enough to actually take action. And also this is an uh, this can be a vulnerable topic too, right? So it's ensuring that the leader is facilitating a safe space to to have these conversations. And you know, also maybe that is part of the the strategy is to facilitate those vulnerable conversations, especially in those one-on-one conversations, making sure you're checking in and saying, how are you doing really? Right? Like not just good. I'm good. Like let's get real. Like as a, as a leader, you should care about how your team is doing. You should care. Yeah. And you can't fake that. That's, you know, that goes to a lot of things that goes to the environment. You mentioned that, uh, that goes to trust. You've mentioned that. I don't think you get to just show up and ask someone, hey, by the way, how's the pipeline? How's this? How are your top five deals? By the way, how are you doing? And expect, I mean, that, that's got to be something that's core to who you are. And I think that is a shift in recent years. I think it became, I think it was going that way before COVID hit. But I think when COVID hit, it, it forced everyone's hand. And now that we've got a, that kind of in our rearview mirror, right? And I say kind of because I got clients that are still telling me they get COVID, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and, and everybody's working from home and, and lots of, it's just a different world. I, I feel like it's not just making it okay. I think that we got to go one step farther than that as I listen to you, Emily, and I'm not an expert in it, but I do work with a lot of 
of sales leaders. And I know that burnout is becoming more and more of something that people scratch their head and say, I don't know what to do about this. And, and I think that it's, we make it so it's not just okay to do self-care, but it is an absolute requirement. Just like we have requirement for prospecting or a quota to hit, we have a requirement for making sure that we are prioritizing ourselves. And I think that's the word that like, I keep thinking about as I listen to you is what do you prioritize? If you prioritize like this part of your people, they will be a different kind of person, right? Oh, absolutely. When you show up for yourself and you show up and you prioritize your mental health and your physical health, you are a different person. You're a different person. Like I just came back from traveling for six weeks. I felt so ungrounded. I was out of my routine. I wasn't doing my normal healthy self-care habits I'm used to in my regular day-to-day. And I come back three days or four days of just consistent mental health support, physical support of my body, I feel like a different person. There is no getting around that. There's no, like, it's facts, it's facts. And I know, I'm sure you can resonate too. Like, are there things that you have to do every single day or else you're just unwell? So I'm looking at our time. I can't believe we're down to our final 15 minutes. This is ridiculous how fast this is going. Like, I, I hope that we can have, like, you come back again next year and we, we go deeper. But here's what I want to, I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, because again, you are an expert in this. It seems to me, one of the things I was going to ask you was like, how do leaders, what can they do to create impact in this? And what can we do to avoid or recognize or try and, but I think it's more simple than I was thinking before I talked to you. I think it's, this is the traditional thing that I think leaders need to realize. Leaders got to go first. It's really easy for us to say, oh, take care of yourself. We should make sure we're taking care of ourselves and sharing how we do it. Is that, am I saying that right? Like share what you're doing for you and the difference that it makes and don't just make it okay for them to do it. Make it required that you're doing it and be open about it. Like, it's not like, here's how I do this for me. You guys need to find your routine that works for you. And I'd love to hear what yours is. Is that helpful if they lead out and say, this is how I'm doing it. And, you know, each of you need to come up with your own version of what works for you. That's such an amazing point. It's essentially leading by example. As a leader, it is so important that you're leading by example, not just with, you know, how you're communicating or how you close deals, but also how are you taking care of yourself? And if you're a leader and you're not taking care of yourself, then this is your sign to start. And I think most don't. I think most don't. Yeah, they probably feel the pressure and they probably don't think they have the time to, to prioritize the physical and the mental, which is, should be your number one priority. And not just for a leader, but for anyone really. So the leader's got to create tiny moments of silence for themselves. The leader's got to make it so it's not like a best kept secret either. It's got to be like, this is okay. And like, it's a non-negotiable almost. It's like, you know, how sometimes you'll have stuff on your calendar and you're like, oh, I can do this there. I can do this there. Like if we don't schedule those tiny moments of silence for ourselves, I'm going to guess it's easy for those moments to slip away. And and so we've got to be intentional about those. Is is that part of how you help people? Yes. So being intentional, the first step to any burnout healing journey is building that awareness piece. So being aware of how your days go, 
right? Or being aware of your thoughts or being aware of your emotions or being aware of I'm feeling triggered right now. Like these are very easy and ways you can actually learn awareness. Like it's not difficult, but if you're not taught or if you don't know self-awareness or it, it's, it might be a new concept for you, but it's really simple to, to grasp. And once you get it, you get it. And by having that awareness of how your work days are going is really going to help you be in, be more intentional where you can put in self-care, where you can find time for you, take a step back, put the phone down, put the screen down is just by having that awareness and seeing what's right in front of you. So I've always thought that leaders have three critical roles. Real, real, critical role one is the development of their people. Number two is the environment they create. So everyone that's motivated can thrive rather than survive. And then role three is the accomplishment of the company objectives that they have for them. This to me screams that it fits in all three. And maybe it starts in environment that we've got to have an environment where this is just like part of what it means to be on, on this team. And and I guess as a leader, any suggestions that you'd say, hey, here are some elements for your environment that you might want to think about? Am I, am I off in that? No, not at all. I think that's such a really great way to, to describe it. I think to, um, to cultivate awareness in those three pillars, I think, or for the environment, it's really important to make sure you're creating a safe space. So having honest and open communication, being mindful of how you're speaking to your team. I think that's really important. And also just create, just not creating a threatening environment, right? When we're threatened, that's when we're nervous system is stressed. That's when we're, we're feeling like we need to run from the tiger. And that's when our heightened state is, is at its worst. And we're feeling threatened, right? So making sure you're not a threatening leader, making sure you're not encouraging that, um, you know, negative reinforcement, right? It's more positive, it's more supportive. And that is going to create a healthy and thriving environment. I like that concept of, of, of threatening. <clears throat> so what I always like to do is I always like to look at what's the opposite, right? Threatening, I, I don't even know that it's encouraging. I think it might be empowering. And, um, and so I, I've always felt there's a big difference between just pure accountability and empowerment. I was talking with one of my leaders this morning saying, listen, I don't want you to lead out with this next round of one-on-ones with accountability is the reason we're doing this. I want it to be empowerment, helping you get where you want to be. And um, I think there's a big difference between empowerment and, and accountability. And so I, I, I'm, I'm really just kind of taking this in because one of the things I was going to ask you is... Um, like what should they stop doing versus what should they start doing? I, you've been beating me to the punch this whole conversation, Emily. Like, like what should they stop doing? Well, one is stop being threatening. Well, what's the opposite of that? Start being empowered. Like any thoughts like that? Like I think this is a good way for us to start wrapping this conversation and, and then we'll give people time to learn how to get a hold of you. But if, if we want to, if we're going to look at burnout, and I think there's reason to believe that next year is going to be a challenging year for some pretty specific reasons. Um, should we be worried about that? I guess that's the first question. Is this something that leaders should be on high alert for? Absolutely. Especially, absolutely. Absolutely. These I think symptoms that you might say, these are symptoms to look for. 
oh, okay, symptoms for burnout. You could be irritable, agitated, angry, anxious, depressed, um, dis, when you uh, disengage or when you feel disconnected and it's like clear that someone's disconnected or unengaged from the conversation. That is, those are all signs. Detachment, that's the, the word I was looking for. Or maybe they're feeling like, you're, you're sensing some energy, like I give up, I don't care. I, I'm over this job. You're sensing stuff like, if you're sensing that energy, that is definitely a sign they're burnt out. They've lost hope. They don't care. They're just collecting paychecks. That's all they care about. It's a really, really good starting point. I, I, I think this is, this is really helpful. Like those are the things to watch for. Uh, those are a couple of things to start doing. Uh, if someone has, I got to ask you, like, I think I, now I think I've made some, some, some critical mistakes as a sales leader in the past, as I listened to you, Emily, I'm being vulnerable in front of my audience. Now I used to always say the one good thing about burnout, there was one good thing is that in order to burn out, you got to be on fire first. You're on fire before you burn out. Is that false? No, that's so true. Let's go. Let's go. And burnout is not failure. I really want to preface that. Burnout is not failure. And it's really important to recognize that burnout is just an opportunity to reframe. And it's a, it's a sign from your body that you need to change something. And it's actually an amazing opportunity to start a new path, right? It's not failure. Burnout is not failure. And what you said earlier about how phase, um, or you're in this phase of excitement before you burnt out is so true. Like there's actually five phases of burnout. That first phase is that excitement. I get on a mission phase. I can change the world's phase. Like that's what really fires you up. And then after that phase, you're in this excitement phase, you're doing, 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 you're just fueled by that excitement. The third phase, you're busy, you're, you're packing your calendar a little bit too tightly. You're neglecting, you're, um, feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but you keep pushing through. The fourth phase is that you're you're starting to feel really stressed or overwhelmed. You're like, oh gosh, what am I doing? But you keep pushing through, keep pushing through, neglect the health, neglect your needs. Um, and then the final phase is you're chronically stressed and you burn out and you crash. So it's really important. This whole all the reason I'm explaining these phases is because the, the number one thing that you can do to help yourself from burnout or a really important piece of the puzzle of not burning out is connecting to your why. Remembering that first phase that I was talking about, that excitement phase, remembering the why behind why you did this in the first place. What's your mission? Remembering that is so important to prevent yourself from burning out. Emily, I want to get those five phases right. I want to make sure I got them right. I wrote down it's excitement and that leads to doing, right? So I have phase two as you're doing, uh, which leads to phase three, which leads to too busy, which leads to phase four, which you're starting to be stressed, but you push through it, um, which then ultimately leads to that chronic stress, burnout, and ultimately a crash. Are those the right? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yeah, I think think that gives a really interesting framework that leaders can look at and say, where are we, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's awesome. I I'll, I'll turn that into a, that's going to be on a video for sales leadership United for sure. Um, we're, we're in our final few minutes. Let's, let's, 
move off and then we'll come back. I want to give you a chance to put some final thoughts together and kind of put a bow on everything for all these people listening to you. How do they get more of you? Like you have this practice, you're taking on clients and, and you're helping leaders and you're helping individuals. Like maybe there's a leader that needs it for themselves or wants you to coach them to help, help their reps. Maybe a leader has a rep that they want to introduce you to or something like that. How do they connect to you? How do they learn from you? Like you've got a lot of, of tools. You've got master classes and newsletters and all, all kinds of things. How do they get what you have to offer and, and, and pick up more of what you got putting down? I think the easiest way to connect with me would be to sign up for my newsletter. I send one out every week and you'll get burnout tips and tricks, stress management support, and more ways to work with me. So just by signing up there, you can go to my website at info or aligneofemilyj.com where you can grab um, all of that. Also, it's a really fun burnout quiz. So if you're wondering, am I burnt out or if I'm not, like yeah. where, where am I in the burnout phase? You can take my quiz and I'll give you the answer and some support as well. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. That's how me and Rob connected. It's Emily Johnson. It's a very common name. So good luck finding me. But if you search Align with Emily J, you should find the, you should find me. I relate to the common name, Rob Jepson, very common name. So I get it. Um, we'll put those links in the show notes as well. So if you're listening, just go to the show notes and you'll see the links to Emily on LinkedIn and her newsletter and her uh her, her are you burnt out quiz we'll, we'll do in fact i want to take that on myself i can't wait to see what my answers are you, you may like see those results emily and call me and say rob we got work to do and- <laughs> <laughs> the first step is admitting the first step is just admitting you're burnt out rob so you're in a great spot no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i this has been such an interesting and fun conversation for me uh, it went a few directions that I didn't expect it to go. I, I really love the kind, the concept of beating burnout with tiny moments of stillness. That's that resonates. Like we can beat it that way. It's not like it's not like you cut something out of your life because you still have to be productive. You still have to be growing, but you're balancing it. it that's how I'm like synthesizing everything that you shared with us today. And as a leader, you can have such a massive impact if you choose to, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think the more, you know, personal development work you do as a leader, the more research you do, the more you care about being a good leader, the better, the more you're going to show up for your team, the more they will show up for you. So I can't believe how fast it went. Time's up. We've, we've, we've used our 45 minutes, Emily. It's, it's a good one. I can't wait. I'm actually going to send this to a couple of the leaders that I work with that are dealing with a couple of things. Like as soon as this is done before it's even released, I'm going to send them this and say, listen to this and we'll talk. And, um, but if you had a final thought, like if you were going to take another, you know, minute or two, do you have a final thought to kind of sum up? You got 50, almost 50,000 leaders listening to you. They represent all walks of life. Um, all industries, men and women, long in their job, new to their job. Uh, any final thoughts that you would share with these leaders as they try to do a better job on, on helping overcome burnout, prevent burnout, recover from burnout, whichever phase that you want to look at it. Any final thoughts you'd, you'd share for this audience? Yeah, absolutely. So my number one thing is that it's going to be okay if you're experiencing mm. burnout it's gonna be okay, take a deep breath. This is your sign to take a big, deep belly breath and then let it out, sigh it out. That's probably the best thing you can do for yourself if you're really in the height of burnout. If you're someone who is 
looking to prevent burnout, you know you're a high achiever or perfectionist or people pleaser, be mindful of this conversation. Make sure this conversation is kind of in the back of your mind as you move forward because if you're teetering on burnout, it can come quickly before you know it. And then it's really hard to be productive when you are burnt out. So do yourself a favor and just take care of yourselves. So that's that's what I got to say. And um, yeah, I hope, I'm Genius. so glad that this all resonated. <laughs> it's better than you ever would imagine. Um, I, I, I'm so grateful, Emily. Your, your timing is amazing. Your mission is something that I'm 100% behind. I'm grateful there are people like you uh, that are doing what you do. Her name is Emily Johnson. She's she's helping people all around the world beat burnout with tiny moments of stillness. And uh, my my advice to you is to connect with her, follow what she does, and and find ways to create tiny moments of stillness in your life. So then you can be credible when you encourage those you lead to do the exact same thing. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you only massive success. And I'm so grateful you'd spend an hour of your time talking to our audience today about such an important topic. And, and I wish you good luck. Thank you so much, Rob. It was my pleasure. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Listen, sales leadership is hard, and I mean really hard. And next year, I think we're going to have a year where we're going to face some new challenges. And that's why having access to the largest collection of sales leadership tools in the world will be so important. I want you to think of Sales Leadership United as a Home Depot for sales leaders. There's everything you'll need to take your sales leadership game up and create elite impact with those you lead. Sales Leadership Curriculum sales meeting concepts that are ready to go, proven frameworks, video insights from this episode with Emily and dozens of other elite sales leaders worldwide, a private podcast for members only, and weekly updates on what I'm seeing other sales leaders use and do to create elite impact with the teams they lead. So don't reinvent sales leadership. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon, and for less than the cost of lunch, you can invest in yourself in a way that's going to supercharge your sales leadership journey. Tap into the tools, trainings, and techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world, and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, this conversation with Emily was so good and so timely, right? Our number one most downloaded episode in podcast history is my one with Garland Vance on burnout. Uh, I, I, I know that the topic of burnout is important to you because you've listened, you've given me feedback, and you've told me you want more. And that's why I was so excited to get Emily on the show. She's got a different perspective. She's got a different approach. She, she takes on burnout from a different angle, and, and it's awesome. And it's inspiring, and it fires me up. But I also think this topic is really timely right now. Listen, in my work with sales leaders, I coach a lot. And I'm in sales kickoff year time of year right now. In fact, I'm recording from yet another hotel. In the first 20 days of, of December, I'm going to be on the road 15 days uh, speaking. And, and I'll do like so many of these between now and end of February. And so I'm, I'm in with teams. And, I'm, and so I'm coaching leaders and I'm around teams a lot right now. And in the work that I'm doing, a very common thread I'm hearing is, Rod, I'm really tired. And then they share why. 
this has been a long year. It's been a grueling year. It's been a grind. And this year's had a lot of challenges associated with it. And I always tell my leaders, listen, if you're feeling it, then your reps are most certainly feeling it as well. And we, we need to address it. We need to talk about it. We need to look it in the eye. And, and if you add on top of what I just shared, like I mentioned, I'm on, I'm on my SKO circuit right now. And I, I have companies that last week started having me speak at their SKOs. I'm doing four of them this week. And it's cool to get to know some of the members of these sales teams. I'm going to be going out to a dinner event after I record this right now. And it's cool to get to know the members of these sales teams. It's cool to get to know them personally so they're not just a face in the crowd. Because these people are telling me that they're tired too. They're asking me, how do you overcome it? And one of the reasons that this happens in sales is the finish line and the starting line are often the same line. You charge across the finish line and then immediately it's January 1 and you're chasing the 2023 goal. And if you're not careful, we could be just like Emily said she was. And she talked about her, what was happening for her in sales and she said that the life was sucked out of her. And I know how that feels. I've been in that spot. I know how it feels when you have nothing left to give. But I hope you notice what Emily identified as one of the key catalysts for burnout was. Did you catch it? I, I haven't stopped thinking about it, and I hope you'll go and listen to it. I'm going to for sure turn it into a video in Sales Leadership United if you want to go and have that to look at. She said the catalyst for burnout, one of the main ones, is when a rep does not look up to their managers. And man, I think that's right. Leaders, we got to be in the inspiration business. That's part of our deal is we've got to be in the inspiration business. And I think that's really, really important. And I think that's really, really uh, interesting for us to, for her to point that out early in this, in this episode, that if your reps don't look up to you, it's easy for them to burn out. And so I was thinking about this as I've been in some of these SKO parties and, and dinners and, you know, sometimes it's a casino event and sometimes it's, you know, they have all these different events at, at a SKO and, and I get invited to these and I, I go because I'm, wa I'm now watching what the relationship between the managers and the reps is like. If, you know, is it appropriate? It's easy sometimes for things to get inappropriate. Is it genuine in respect? And, and it was interesting. I'm thinking about the team I was with last night and there was absolutely a genuine relationship there. Okay. And so I'm, I was looking for this, and since I had just had this conversation with Emily, uh, I'm like on high alert to see if the reps are genuinely looking up to the leaders in the organizations. What are what are they talking about? What are like, what's that interaction look like? Is it lip service, or is it something that they genuinely are wanting to be together and, and talk about things? And on this team that I was with, a high performing team, one that's hitting goals, one that's virtually having no turnover. It's clear and it's obvious that there's this genuine respect for the leaders and then also from the leaders to the reps. The behaviors that I've been witnessing are behaviors that created trust. They're, they're behaviors that provide evidence of trust. So that's my first takeaway on this episode is, are you someone as a leader that a rep could genuinely look up to? Your character, your competency, your connection to the rep, those all matter. Now, the second thing on here, something that I haven't that I haven't stopped thinking about. It was her definition of burnout. Emily's definition of burnout, like that, was like something that I was like, okay, that we could just talk about that. Her definition was being chronically stressed for long periods of time, 
And she's right, sales facilitates these long periods of time of being stressed because, again, our start lines and our finish lines are blurred. Reminds me of that song, Blurred Lines, right? We have these blurred lines as salespeople. When the quarter ends, the next one begins. When the year ends, the next one begins. When the month ends, the next one begins, okay? And, and, and so this element, it takes me to the third thing I haven't stopped thinking about. And that's leaders have to go first in prioritizing themselves. We're not going to be able to create like better lines. We're not going to be able to create opportunities for recharging. We're not going to create a uh, culture of, of self-care if we don't take care of ourselves first. And so here's something that I've learned. We're really good when we find someone that has a need. I'm thinking about this leader again that I was with today, and he was sharing with me like a really big personal challenge that one of their reps has and how he's trying to help this person with a pretty heavy dose of self-care right now and leaders are usually pretty good at trying to respond when there's a need but i'll tell you where we're not so good we don't usually model self-care we don't create those tiny moments of stillness for ourselves instead we're good at pushing we model pushing we model being strong we model assertiveness and aspirations and and initiative and ambition, right? We, that's what we model. And so we don't stop for ourselves. I, I coach over 100 leaders right now, and I'm having this conversation with every single one of them. So I want to ask you as directly and as, as meaningfully as I can, how do we prioritize you? How do we prioritize you, the leader? Well, the first thing I would say is look at your calendar. Your calendar reflects your priorities. Okay? And whether you want to admit it or not, your calendar is a display of what you value. So make sure you work yourself into your own calendar because you're worth it. Create those tiny moments of stillness for yourself. And then, and only then, can you really coach those you lead to do the same thing. And we have to be a do-what-I-do leader, not a do-what-I-say leader. So, man, if you can't tell, I absolutely love this conversation. Emily, you are fantastic. We gotta have you back again sometimes next year. I hope every single one of the nearly 50,000 listeners listening to this episode goes back and takes a good listen and takes notes on Emily's blueprint she shared. Because her advice, this is something you need to implement. So Emily, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing your framework with thousands of listeners and thousands of leaders all around the world. So to each of you, please connect with Emily, reach out to her. Follow her and her content. Her perspective is on point and you will become better leaders and happier people by implementing the things she's learned. Look for the link in the show notes and make the connection to her. I promise you, Emily and her work will help you level up in areas that are different makers. And then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of my conversation with her. And, and, and frankly, with some of these other uh, leaders that we've had on. Uh, the resources there are amazing and you're going to want to use these videos for sure. Finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. We're going into a really important time of year. Uh, I, I want to be grateful to you, be thankful to you. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a positive review on iTunes if you're comfortable with that. And you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. I promise you'll be glad you did. Thank you for that support on an ongoing basis of this podcast. Listen, our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. And so if you're tired of running up the hill 
and dealing with sales leadership challenges alone, hit me up. Take away the guesswork. Take the most direct path. The fastest route from point A to point B is a straight line, and I can help you line that up faster than you might think. So get after it this week, because life is short. There is no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong, and chase those passions. Do your best work so you can live your best life. And whatever you do, don't forget, you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.